0: Welcome back. I am on the uh, telephone with one of Chicago area's most talented writers, formerly S.L. Weisenberg, but better known to me certainly as Sandy. I asked you, Sandy, to think about uh, answering this question. What is an essay?
1: Well, when I teach, I tell students an essay is whatever I it is and the eye changes. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it's only I it. I said, but I'm saying with anybody. Like if you read um <coughs> the best American essays, it's really whatever the that annual editor
2: mm-hmm. thinks mm-hmm.
1: an essay is and thinks what the best ones are. Um a lot of people look to Michelle de Montagna well that's not I'm not saying it right. De Montaigne, Jean mm. right. Michel de Montaigne,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, who um, came up with the word essay, huh. E S S A I, for a trial or an attempt. He wasn't writing a whole treatise. Mm. He was writing what he thought of things, what he thought of himself. Mm. And um, a lot of people go back to Montaigne, but at the same time, um, Philip Locate, who has become one of our best essayists and the, a scholar of essayists, um, had an anthology called The Art of the Personal Essay, and he arranged it chronologically, and the first person in there was Seneca the Younger, wow, um, who was born in year three and died in year sixty five this is common era, so that was many it's, years before it's an interesting, okay.
0: It's an interesting thing to pursue. I find your book i found your book uh, terribly compelling but i I found it and i'm interested that you you learned repertorial skills at at uh, Medill because this book to me is you exploring life and reporting back. In very honest, very self-aware, and and occasionally self-deprecating ways, like, can I read a, just a short couple paragraphs from here?
2: Oh my, yeah, okay, yeah, that'd be
0: fun. It's it, totally out of context, but it just it shows you what a fine writer uh, and, and thinker I think too. This woman is Thank Sandy you. Weisenberg. My husband and I live a couple of blocks from Graceland Cemetery. Where Chicago's city fathers and elites are buried. It has become a playground full of masked, mostly white people jogging, biking, pushing strollers, walking fast and walking slowly, walking dogs, singles, couples, families. I lived in Houston through high school, have spent most of the rest of my life in Chicago. I belong to both cities and neither. I don't have a plot in Chicago. I asked my mother if I had a plot in Houston. She said no. Then the next day she offered to buy me one. I demurred. I am donating my organs, or I might become the semester companion of a med student who will, odds are, give my body a name. This naming is a way of coping with the fact of having an assigned dead body to slice and dice preparing the student to scalpel into real living flesh which has become half dead through anesthesia. That's really, that's lovely writing. Uh, Thank you. Really lovely writing. You have one chapter in the book, too, called up against it, which was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the title of one of Mike Royko's uh, books.
1: Oh,
2: really? Yeah, oh, I
0: yeah. think I didn't look it up because I, you know, I don't play with my phone. Uh, it, 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 one of the most beautifully observational chapters in the book is called "Halloween, Chicago." I loved, I loved this chapter.
2: Uh, think.
0: You're very welcome. I'd read the whole thing if I could. What what becomes Sandy in in putting together a, a book like this is and and give me if you can, kind of what is the seed for the Halloween uh, essay in this book? Do you take notes? Do you you know it's so wonderfully observational? Uh, how do you decide? Okay, here's something I want to write about.
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's an irritation. You know, like the oyster is that like an irritation turns into a pearl. Huh? And I don't mean that everything I write turns into a pearl. Right, I get it. But, um, yeah. but it's like you get a nagging thought or nagging feeling, or I hear sometimes in my head what the right what a couple lines. Um while the, the the Halloween piece for the for the listeners is about um on Halloween uh seeing some friends and then we just decide we're gonna look for parties and crash them, yeah, yeah, and um, we were in costumes, so we thought how are people gonna know
0: <laughs> yeah how are they gonna get us? how are they gonna find us no i i that yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and I think it's a sign of age because in my twenties. I always felt I had competing New Year's Eve parties and competing Halloween parties uh-huh, to go uh-huh. to. And you could never decide which of the three you're going to go to. And then you get to ma- maybe this is from my 30s. I don't know. And you're like, hey, nobody has Halloween parties anymore. Um, and you, you may remember the ones that Joy Darrow had.
0: Sure, on sure. Terry Avenue. Yeah, Those absolutely. Were
1: really, really cool. But she stopped doing that. Right. Or she made them more private, I think. Um, and um, so I think I just had a feeling, and that I wrote that for the reader, and I think I wrote it. Pretty quickly after it happened,
2: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, um,
1: thats why I remember things. I do keep a journal, but it's kind of sporadic.
2: Right. And I do also write
1: like notes. Um, and before you were talking about reporting, um, in the medical school line, talking about the cadaver, I did look up articles, and I found there was a survey of medical students. Yeah. And the majority of them gave uh, names to the cadaver.
2: Oh how
0: interesting! <laughs> how, to me, yeah. how interesting and frightening at the same. Frankly, frightening. Yeah, what are they, the they going to s-
1: call us? Yeah, right
0: exactly. Now. Thanks yeah. a million. I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. Yeah, uh, we it, should
1: get a tattoo. Yeah, with what you want them to call you and put it on your chest.
0: Oh my okay. God! Thank Dear you,
1: medical students. Please call me.
0: Yes. No. <clears throat> I'm going to read the last part the last couple of paragraphs of the Halloween, uh, which is you know, which is I think uh, it's riotous. The rest of the evening pittered on. Other parties seemed too intimate to crash, and it was getting late. Niki and I mused that it's too bad people don't dress up their whole houses. I imagined apartment buildings with giant ears on them and elephant trunks. Niki and Phil had to get up at 6 the next morning to stand in line to reserve a park district building for their wedding in June. We had planned, once we were back at their apartment, to carve a pumpkin. But instead, Neek, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Nick put the the uncut pumpkin in the window among big plants, and I left. When I got home, I started taking off my sequins and glitter. I used soap and water, oil, Vaseline, and finally punctured vitamin E tablets. It took about 30 minutes, and still I had pink ridges where my eyelash glue had been thick and where the pink glitter had faded into my skin. I imagined being marked like this by Halloween for the rest of my life, but figured most of it would be gone by the time I got up. Uh, that, too, Sandy Weisenberg, is really beautiful writing. Do you? How much revision do you do? in writing?
1: I do as much as I can.
0: Yeah, meaning what? What does that mean?
1: Um, I mean, I don't remember how much I revised that piece, but Mm -hmm. um, I just keep carving and carving and carving and trying to get rid of words and trying to use better words and um, trying to get more detail.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, I had something in this essay about Seeing a friend, maybe that day or the mm-hmm. day before, and she was talking about doing a eulogy for a funeral. And I had that in there. I think this is true. I think I had that in there, and the editor didn't think it, it worked.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah, but but I think it could... And then then when I put this in the book, I thought, oh God, what happened to those paragraphs? I right. don't know if I could recreate them, and I, I couldn't. But I think that was the feel. I wanted the feeling of, okay, these are some friends. They're younger than I am. They're getting married. We're going to parties. Mm-hmm. And this is another friend I have. He's older, and she's doing a eulogy for a friend who died. And we used to go to parties all the time, and now we don't go to as many. And just had, you know, the idea of getting older. Huh, yeah.
0: Interesting. we got to take one more break, then we're going to come back and I'll talk a little bit more. Again, the book is called The Wandering Womb. S.L. Weisenberg is the author. S.L.W.I.S.E.N.B.E.R.G. dot <laughs> com is the website. We'll be back. Welcome back. I have a few more minutes with uh, Sandy Weisenberg, the author most recently of The Wandering Womb. It's. Uh, Subtitled, uh, Essays in Search of Home, one chapter is called Up Against It, which is indeed the copy of a Mike Royko collection of many years ago. One of the most intriguing chapters in here, uh, Sandy, is is Auschwitz. Mm
2: Mm-hmm
0: right. I went to Auschwitz because it seemed the place had been with me always, but when I was there, I couldn't feel the weight of history. I couldn't bring what I knew of the genocide to the vast landscape of it. A few years later, I had the chance to apply for a fellowship to study the Holocaust and visit camps. I had no interest. What would I learn? Uh you're very it, it, one of the compelling aspects of this uh, collection is you, you really you're very honest uh is that hard i know that's a silly stupid question but is <laughs> is, is that difficult and, and to, to, to sort of pull honesty out of yourself
1: i don't think so um when I, I really kept a journal intensely maybe in high school mm-hmm. and maybe college and and after and I had so many emotions and um, sometimes I write now to try to figure out what I'm thinking and
0: feeling. Oh interesting. Yeah. So yeah.
1: So it'll it, it might come out just as a as a rant. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so it can take longer to step back and just state what I was thinking or feeling. Um, it took me a while to figure that out.
0: Yeah, you travel. But, I mean, in the book, you not only go to Auschwitz, but uh, Vienna, Selma, Alabama, uh, and you, you go all over the place. Uh and is it unusual? I'm I'm also fascinated. I talked to you at length sometime about being a, a Jew from Texas, and what do you do? You, do mm-hmm. you still have family down there?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay.
0: And uh, yeah,
1: my mother, my mother just um, celebrated her 95th birthday. Wow,
0: Congratulations, that's great.
1: Thank you. And her sister celebrated her 90th. Wow. And we we had a um, a party for them. Um I don't know if it was last weekend or the weekend before, so time, <laughs> time moves in funny ways. Um so we we met in Dallas, which is where my mother's from, but um as when she got married she moved to Houston. So um
0: You obviously I, mean, I get a i get a sense Houston. that you had a a pretty nice childhood in Texas, even though they lied to yeah. you about your high school. Uh
2: yeah. How do you,
0: how's your perspective on that state changed over the years? You've lived here for a long time
1: now. Yeah. It wasn't as radically right wing as, or it didn't seem like it was. Yeah. Um, back then, John Connolly was the.
0: Right, governor. sure, sure, sure. Um,
1: and then, you know, LBJ came from Texas with all his contradictions.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I'm a little, I'm ashamed of, of the politics of, of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but people still say to me, oh, I didn't know there were Jews in Texas. And they <laughs> there imagine are a, that, There are
0: Jews everywhere, for God's sake. <laughs>
1: there are Jews everywhere. And, um, yeah, Harry Golden's father wrote, wrote yeah.
0: about the Jews yeah. in North
1: Carolina.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah.
1: Uh, um, but there are... The other thing, that they didn't lie about this, but it was a sin of omission. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a race riot in Houston in 1917, Hmm. and it was a weird race riot. And I can tell you details, but you probably, you know... Weird how? You can can look it up.
0: Weird how? You can look it up.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. But um, we never learned about it. We learned about the Alamo. We learned about San Houston. You know, but... But we didn't learn there was a
0: race riot. Well, there was some of the same thing well, the same thing's true of Chicago. There's some nasty riots here too that are that are not on the uh I'd rather deify uh, you know, Al Capone, for God's sake, and Michael Jordan. Yes. Yeah, and no, it's weird. Uh what are you working on? Are you working on any new books? This one's a very good one, The Wandering Womb. Are you working on anything new?
1: I am I started writing fiction. Oh good again. Good. And I'm writing historical fiction, which is strange to me. I'm, I, I have conjured up a woman born in 1910 who grows up in Berlin, and then leaves in 1932 to go to Switzerland. And um, I set parameters for myself, so each um, story. Um, is about a movie or mentions a movie or has a oh, plot of a movie.
0: Interesting. Well, I can't wait to read that. I had a, a real joy reading this, and I had a real joy of uh, remembering. I'm going to have to track it down somehow that piece you did in, in the 80s about. Uh, he did it for Rick Soul magazine about, uh, about uh, the one and only Harry Golden. Uh, Sandy, it's great to talk to you. Congratulations on the book, and, and we'll talk soon. Okay?
1: Thank you so much. Sure. Rick.
0: My pleasure, dear.
1: This was a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you.